0: You're listening to the Raptors Rapture Podcast.
1: Hello everybody and thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Raptors Rapture Podcast. Yet another self-isolation slash quarantine edition of the podcast. No Raptors games going on still except for in Canada, the Raptors playoffs. I think it's game six of the finals tonight. So if you guys want to go watch the Raptors take home the chip yet again, you might as well go watch that tonight. There's no other basketball going on. So this is your time to celebrate once again. I know I'm going to be doing it. But on today's show, just kind of like last week's show, I thought this was a bit of a a fun little exercise to do. Get on the mic, start yapping away with someone about their favorite Toronto Raptors. So we've decided that we're going to make a all favorite Raptors team kind of like the all decade teams or the all NBA teams but just specifically Raptors and specifically your favorite players so today I've got Jason Leung from the that's a Rap podcast to join me so Jason thank you so much for coming on how you doing my friend
0: I'm um, good brother how you doing thank you so much for having me on man I'm a huge fan of Raptors Rapture, brother hey I'm thank so you glad to finally much. come on
1: of course man I'm, I'm very happy to have you I'm a big fan of yours as well you guys do some very good work um First and foremost, where can where can people find you? I like to do this at the beginning of the show so that people you know, sure. get this out of the way, and then you don't have to worry about it for the rest. Of the show.
0: Yeah. Well, well, usually we always are on like the on Twitter at uh, That's a Rap Pod, and obviously we're going to we would have done it you know during the season, but there is no season right now, which is fine because you know everyone you know should be safe. But you can find us at uh, That's a Rap Pod on Twitter. We also just started a Instagram uh, account, I guess, and you can find us there at That's a Rap Podcast.
1: Awesome. So that is uh, definitely a really good follow to have for all you, all your Raptors needs, man. Um, and as always, please make sure to go rate and review our podcast, rate and review. Jason's podcast is very good stuff. Um, make sure to subscribe, listen, all that, all that fun stuff. Give some follows on Twitter yes, to to Raptors Rapture and, and that's a wrap. So um, like I said at the top of the show here, Jason, we're going to do our, all-time favorite Raptors oh, I'm ready. team. So we're going to pick a quick starting five of our favorite players. I'm sure there's going to be some overlap. We're kind of going to shoot the breeze a little bit of each player. We're going to maybe argue. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think where we're probably going to have the most overlap is, is the guard section.
0: Okay. Um wait so hold up, Hunter. I want to ask you something. Yeah, of course. Okay. So on your last episode, you talked about how you were basically like a Leafs fan first. Yeah. And then you became a Raptors fan. Absolutely. I want to know, I want to ask you what it is before we go into our top five, because I know that we have overlaps, but what was the point or do you remember the point at which you became a Raptors fan?
1: Um yeah. Like I, so like I said, on the, on that last podcast, if you guys haven't listened to it, um, it's it's about how I became a Raptors fan. So thanks for the shout out, Jason. I appreciate that. <laughs> on um, your own yeah, podcast. On my yeah. yeah. Own podcast. Um, yeah I, I would say like that, that one, like real turning point. Cause like I was always a Raptors fan, you know, just cause yeah. like naturally like I loved sports growing up and, and I, you know, if you're a Toronto sports team, I was automatically your, your biggest fan kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but like where it really turned from, from like Leafs to Raptors that it was probably like, I mean, I mean, I went to games when I was a kid and, and I always loved the atmosphere there. And as a kid, things like being, being at somewhere and having like an emotional response to something and having mm-hmm. the a crowd really like influence you. I never had that at, at Leafs games and, and having it at a Raptors game. And I, I mentioned on the podcast, like there was one time where I went and because of uh, like the nature of what my mom does, she had a, she got a box for a Raptors game. Very so, nice. Yeah, exactly. So I, I went there and it was one of my first Raptors games and it was like, I don't know, two days before my birthday, two days after yeah. my birthday, something like that. And like all the Raptors people came up and wished me a happy birthday and stuff like that. And I was like, man, this would never happen at a Leafs game. I love this. <laughs> I love this thing. And, and like yeah. right then and there, like I made her get me a Chris boss Jersey like for my birthday That's present. Sick. Yeah. So like, that was like my main, that was like the main thing that like gave me that emotional connection. And then just like, it's like the fandom just kind of kept growing as,
0: but, as time but went all on. are all your friends, uh, like mostly hockey fans or something.
1: Uh, yeah. Like for the most part, cause like a lot of my friends, um, <laughs> like I live in a really white neighborhood, <laughs> and like, I went to, I went yeah. to a really white high school. So Fair. like all my friends, it's like soccer and, and hockey really. But right. as like, we've kind of grown, like grown up and, and like one common thing that we found with each other was like loving the Raptors somehow. Like mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I kind of like introduced it and, and brought it to the group and whatnot. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we did it and like, as we, you were like, the
0: constant really, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then as we hit like legal drinking age, you know, we'd go out and like, that would be our thing like instead of watching Leafs games because obviously Raptors games are so much more fun than hockey like it's not even close
0: it's not even close well that's that's like high praise because a lot of Leafs or Leafs fans would be like nah man because okay when it comes to I have no problem when it comes to the Leafs I just feel like uh there there shouldn't be an issue when it comes to like fandom I feel like if you are a Leafs fan you can also be a Raptors fan absolutely absolutely and I don't I've never been like a Leafs fan, but all my friends, I don't honestly, I don't have one single friend besides like my, my co-host Jay and Dre. Uh, but I know no, my friends growing up, it was either football or hockey, no basketball. I was just that one person in basketball. I was like, I mean, I can be a fan of the Leafs, you know what I mean? But I love Raptors.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. Like there, there shouldn't be that like disconnect. Um, but I just think like, I think now, especially the, the times have changed so much where like, basketball isn't isn't necessarily an afterthought in terms of like toronto sports because it was always you know the success was always there with i mean not in my lifetime for the leafs but like there's been success in the past and like hockey is such a cultural thing here in canada so like i'm 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 in the same boat like everyone just loves hockey and it's like man yeah it's kind of cool but like basketball is just so fun man it's just so much much more entertaining Uh, and that's yeah yeah. so um that's also one of the reasons why like i switched over to to basketball much more than hockey is just like yeah. There's always when, something when, going on.
0: When they a Leafs signed Tavares, the first thing I asked my hockey friends was like, "Okay, give me a Raptors equivalent." <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's a great. Yeah, that's I know. You I know? I started doing that too because like I can't even man. Like my some of my friends are gonna hate me for this. Like I can't even remember the last time I watched like a full hockey game. Like I can't Ooh. even remember it. Yeah, like I don't even wow. like I don't even think like last year's playoffs I watched it. I have no idea. I hope it's... I hope none of my profs from like my school are listening to this because I'm I'm in like a sport media program. There's, oh like, yeah, <laughs> No, yeah, oh no, gonna be bad. <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> so, call you out, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, Adam on
0: Hunter surface. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, all right, man. So uh, let let's get into this. Um, yeah, let's do it. And and we'll start with the guards, like I said. So like it doesn't doesn't have to be a point guard. Doesn't have to be a shooting guard. Well, I mean it does, but like it, it there's no like it has to be one of each. Um, so I'll let you go first with, uh, okay. with your first guard, your first okay. all favorite Raptors guard,
0: my all favorite Raptors guard. And I want to say he is my all time favorite player of, you know, Raptor fandom is Alvin Williams. Uh, he played eight seasons with Toronto Raptors, played 417 games. He was kind of the Kyle Lowry before Kyle Lowry was there. You know, he played tough. Uh, he played through injury, never backed down on any opponent or any, any big moment. And, you know, during that, 1999 2002 playoff run. There was, of course, Alvin. Oh, sorry, no Antonio Davis and Vince Carter and bigger names. But Alvin Williams was kind of the silent assassin in the background, and he also led the way during that very first playoff series against New York in 2001. And in Game Five, he hit that huge dagger in the final minute to put the Knicks away. Uh, and I, watching a, a whole bunch of you know highlights to to get ready for this pod, I. That prior to that shot, Williams actually fumbled the ball. Uh, and then Vince picked up the basketball, he got double teamed. Vince looked at Alvin, passed it to him for an open shot. And think about like fumbling the basketball and being shook at that moment, and then realizing that oh, I have to make this shot because there's like three seconds left in the game in in the shot clock, and then hitting that in a playoff while Spike Lee is like yelling at you. That's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. And I, I think like for me, I kind of gravitate towards athletes that are uh, aren't as athletically gifted, quote unquote. I mean, Alvin is definitely a professional athlete, but he wasn't like the <laughs> fastest or couldn't jump the highest, like you know, players like today. He he just played with so much heart and toughness, which rubbed off the team. And he was a good example of being a professional. And even what he does now with like Sportsnet, and that he's, he's still close with the team, with that connection with Lowry, of course. So, to me, I I think the the raptor the raptors like in the past he was the he represented the first successful playoff run for the raptors so that's why he's so important to me
1: yeah, I, uh, you know what, I had him just like on my short list of, mm. of my guards, like I, Alvin Williams, like I I loved Alvin Williams and, and what he does now, obviously, for for Sportsnet, and, like how he he really does have such a presence in the media with the Raptors now. Um, but the reason I did kind of leave him out was, you know, I, I was born in 98, like the his like, heydays were kind of, eight, yeah, (laughs) so, so his, his heydays were kind of like, yeah, I was like, I was like four or five, you know what I mean? Like I always, I always heard of Alvin Williams when I was, when I was growing up and like back in the day, like when, you know, around that time, like I didn't really know what YouTube wasn't really around that much. It wasn't wasn't so prevalent. Like I didn't really know how to find any highlights of him. So it was, it was tough for me to add him to my list, but he was always like, he was just on the outside with guys like, you know, Jose Calderon, Mo Pete. Mm-hmm, Davis mm-hmm. Vasquez somehow made that mm-hmm. list um oh wow but yeah i hey man i can can no that shit me it's all about that yeah, shit that's what i'm saying that's it <laughs> um but you know like from from everything that like i've i've watched from now and and like him at the kind of the tail end of his raptors career i always loved him yeah. like he was he was a hard worker he was he was always so serious on the court but you could tell he was you know a, a guy that was a good locker room presence and yeah and, so that was always, humble. yeah and that's always something you'd like in a in a basketball player you, go, you don't always want them to be out there obviously you mm-hmm. want them having fun but you don't want them out there you know just kind of joking around mm-hmm. and not taking the game serious so yeah
0: i mean like I, I wouldn't I, like 98 is is young but i mean i'm not too much older than you i'm, I'm 89 baby and so i got to, when i was like around 10 years old 11 years old when i watched this playoff run and i remember it kind of but that's where like where it started for me. And looking back, if you look back at the team, you have like huge characters. VC, obviously, you had Antonio Davis, you got Charles Oakley, you got Muggsy Bogues, you got Mo Pete on the bench, and you have all these like characters. But on the helm of it, you have Alvin Williams who kind of like steers the ship. And how Kyle Lowry does it now, he's more of a he definitely plays with, you know, with his heart on his sleeve. And, but he also like chirps a lot and he'll yell at you and everything. I feel like Alvin, he, he has all of that in him, but he also kind of knows how to lead a whole bunch of characters. And I, I feel like that leadership is what really I gravitated towards.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh I, I love that pick. I love that pick Alvin Williams. Um, So nice. onto, onto my first, onto my first guard pick, um, this guy is. You said that Alvin Williams is probably your favorite, you know, guard position raptor of all time. Um, I'm gonna go with with my favorite, pretty much player in in the NBA currently right now, and and probably my favorite raptor of all time.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And this one is Demar Derozan. Um, nice. I you know I feel like this one is is a pretty like obvious pick. That's and my second pick. Yeah yeah. 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 So we we can chat about this one a little bit. Um. For sure. This one, like he's obviously, like I said, he's he's my favorite player in the NBA right now Um, he was the first real like star player to actually want to stay in Toronto. So I think that Mm -hmm. like that just puts him ahead of so many other people just because he was, he did have the talent and he did want to stay, you know, his intro was Mr. I am Toronto, right? Like that is, Mm -hmm. that's some of the cool, that's one of the most, like the coolest introductions you could have Um, him combined with Lowry. Like they, they made a perfect, romance that wasn't just like acknowledged in in Canada and in Toronto but as the team was doing better and better and and succeeding more and winning 50 games year after year after year it was getting recognized by like national media which Mm -hmm. you know when something that small kind of gets noticed by like the bleacher reports and house of highlights of the world like that is it's not something small and I think like it it even gained more attention um, from from the Raptors and like we've even seen his like personality come out more mm-hmm. with the Raptors and then even now um you know he's kind of hopping on on people's Instagram lives like yeah. Raptors Instagram lives during the IG live man exactly like, sorry, just exactly. Them
0: leads and it, oh man it's hilarious <laughs>
1: yeah so like it's it's you like he's just like a, a a perfect i I would say raptor for for the for Toronto like he's a perfect player for Toronto he had you know there was always five or six just like all-time dunks that he had every single year whether it's a poster or you know a yep. 360 um you know just like to me a really good representation of of what the raptors were and he was a really good person to to have as like kind of the face of the franchise for for like quite a few years during our prime
0: oh man it's it, it's the, the amount of respect i have for Debo is is crazy cuz yeah, like everything you said is is correct. I mean, he played 9 seasons with Toronto, 675 games. He leads uh the franchise in games minutes played, field goals, free throws made, 303,539 free throws made, and he's a franchise leader in points with 13,296. And that doesn't look like that's going to going to be surpassed anytime soon either. And like like you said, man, he he's like as I think as a player, he gets a lot of crap for like the, the mid-range and everything like that. And and he, he maybe doesn't have the best uh playoff runs. But I think as a as a rafter, he's one of the best to wear the uniform. But as a person and as a character, that's what I respect him the most. Like he gets uh I think Toronto has a bad rep of having the inferior inferiority complex thinking that players don't want to play in Toronto but if you think about it, Bosch and VC signed their extensions here so which is kind of funny but <laughs> Debo he he not only did he want to play in Toronto but I feel like he wanted to finish his career as a raptor you know and loyalty is such a fickle thing when it comes to the nba now you're like 3 years a long time and you don't get these players who want to stay with one franchise anymore even through the thick and thin you know what i mean so like and of course you can't really forget like his huge voice with the with the mental health community too and his two most popular tweets or most effective tweets is one the "I got us" tweet after Bosch left, and the one about his depression. So he's made a lot of like loyal fans by just being himself, you know. And as a as a raptor, I, I think I appreciate what he's done, and I believe his jersey will be retired one day. But I appreciate him more as a man, uh, uh, what he re- represented as a raptor.
1: Yeah, I. uh, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't have put it um, any better myself to be honest. And you mentioned that I got us to eat. I actually um, I think it was like two years ago or something like that. Three years ago, obviously before he got traded um, I, I like, Ironed on that tweet onto like one of my shirts, like you know how you can no like, way that's sick. Yeah, yeah. So nice. I, I did one of those, and I have no idea where the shirt is. I literally know no Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll you know I've got a lot. How of did time. you?
0: Okay, so how did you feel when when you heard the news that mar was going to be traded? Like, what was your first initial? Don't even think about even if it was Kawhi or anybody else. Like, who cares about who we got who traded for? The fact that Demar got traded. How? What was your initial thought?
1: Uh, I was honestly I I was pissed man like even like knowing knowing that it was quiet like I was I was very upset like me me and my buddies are like literally like the guy the same guys that I watch like every Raptors playoff game with and like pretty much like every Raptors game with somehow we watched watch together like we were just Mm -hmm. like in the group chat like we woke up so we all had like internships around that time and we were all like Mm -hmm. waking up early so we got the news like and and the first one to to text me like one of my buddies Callum he goes yo like, did you just see what just happened? And I was like, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" Like, I don't even know what this guy's talking right. about. And then, and then I saw like on my on my Twitter that like I got Twitter notification that like Woe's just tweeted something, and I'm like, "All right, it's probably got to be something to do with this. Got to be something <laughs> yeah. to do with this." So I go and I check Twitter, and it's you know reports are Demar Derozan's getting traded from the Raptors for Kawhi Leonard, and I'm like, "You got to be fucking kidding me, right?" <laughs> and Demar Derozan of all people, you're gonna trade like. I was even like, I was just so mad. I knew it was Kawhi. I knew Kawhi was, you know, a, a top three MVP candidate, and I was like, no way, this guy just, this guy just got traded. And I was, right. I was probably upset for, you know, like two, three weeks before I, I kind of like came to my senses and was like, yeah, this is honestly yeah. probably it. This is probably a, a good thing. But like, yeah. I was, I was really upset. I was really, but
0: upset. yeah, that's like the connection that he made with the fan base, right? And and it's not like he. Uh, uh, let, let's be real. Like if you think back, Demar isn't the the best. Like he's not going to be the number one option to a championship team. But just the fact that he was so, uh, I guess, involved with the fan base, like, and anything he could do, he he didn't like. He went out of his way to 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 want to rep Toronto and want to rep the Raptors, and we don't we've never had that before. So I think that's why. A you like myself, I was also upset too, even thinking that was Kawhi. But I I also think that it's because we didn't really watch Kawhi. uh, You know, he's in the Western Conference, and when it comes to Damar, I mean, like nine seasons, we literally got to watch this kid grow up and like he uh, made a family here. He grew up to become such a building a foundation here. He went through losing and winning, and like you got to watch this kid. And then one day, he's not a raptor anymore (laughs) you know and it doesn't look like he's going to be a raptor any i I don't think so i don't think he's ever going to sign back here um but i I, yeah i think i'm in the same page as you like i was pretty upset and then obviously i know the ramifications of the trade and why it needed to be done but like damar has to be one of the best raptors ever just because of him as a person
1: absolutely and i like i also was was pretty upset about it because like obviously, like you mentioned, like you, you saw him develop into, into this, not only a great player, but like a really good person off the court and and his media ability was so much better after the nine seasons with the Raptors, but also Mm -hmm. like the team was, you know, developing around him, obviously and Kyle Lowry and and like JV and all those people, but like the, the, the core was, was Lowry and Damar. And I just, I didn't think that I was going to be able to get over the fact of, of like not really being able to, watch those two play together anymore because they were obviously the most successful pair in like Raptors franchise history yeah. at, up until the point, And like, they still pretty much are. Um So like, you know, I, I just thought once, once he left, like it, I obviously totally underrated Kyle Lowry and, and the development team of the Raptors and, and Kawhi, but I was like, all right, well there goes 50 wins every single year. Like there goes, <laughs> there goes yeah. the, the two or three seed every year. Um, Right, which obviously I am very wrong about.
0: I mean, Soul Wars, like, you know, 90% of the fan base, so it's all good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll move on to my my next guard, and yeah. in this one I so I mentioned the guys I left off, right? Like Jose, Mo Pete, Grievous Vasquez. Uh, you had Alvin Williams, who was also on my list. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I had to go with Kyle Lowry here. Yeah, of course um, you got it. He's not I, on
0: my list, but I, I would definitely he's on my short list for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I think like just just the the thing is is you know he he probably is like it's 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 probably between him and and Demar Derozan of who's like the best raptor of all time I would say um mm-hmm. I I know like obviously there's the argument for Kawhi because the one year there's the argument for Vince or you know there's a slight argument for Chris Bosch but I think it, it really does come down to those two and I I would have felt wrong if I had DeRozan on this list without Kyle Lowry just because I hear you the, those two kind of go hand in hand right like I, I mentioned the bromance um but like they also kind of defined what it what the raptors are today and like how the most successful part of the of the franchise history like has pretty much just been based around Kyle Lowry's play style which is just like so gritty and and hardworking and and mm-hmm. real tough um and you know like like you said with Damar like we've seen Kyle Lowry grow as an NBA player as a as a person and and it feels like he's been here through everything positive that that has occurred with Kyle, with the Toronto Raptors so like every single thought that I have with Kyle Lowry, like no matter how many times people say he's not a good playoff performer or how many times he he goes over 10 in, in a game every now and then um, yeah. I, I always just have like positive feelings towards it. Oh
0: man. Kalo, he's going to be the first, it should be the first uh, Raptor Jersey to be retired. Like he's definitely the, I think the best Raptor ever. Um, but I also love I I guess the, the story that comes with Kyle Lowry because like he was our he wasn't even our first uh option. We wanted to get Steve Nash when to, to sign. And then so when Steve Nash decided to go to the Lakers, then we were like, okay, we're gonna Kalangelo was like, let's get Kyle Lowry. And then Kyle Lowry didn't even want to stay here for more than a year. He was gonna leave after the second year or something like that. And then and then he decided that, you know what? Let's let's do this. Where I asked Masai kind of talked to him, like, say, "Do you, do you want to keep, want to be that player that keeps on jumping around?" And then now look at him, right? Like I I, I understand that there's a whole bunch of uh, animosity when it comes to Kyle Lauer because, but that's just who he is, I think, and that's what he shows on on the court as well. And like how many players that you can mention now that are still in the league that are that is his physique, <laughs> you yeah, know? And no, I think him him and like maybe Chris Paul right? Mm -hmm. And he's just so smart. I think that's what he, you know, that's his, his superpower when it comes on, on the basketball court. Like he just knows what to do at what moment he understands the basketball game and he understands his players too. Like every year it's either, okay, I'm going to get DeMar to, to get going. I'm going to get my bench to get going. I want am going to get Ka- Kawhi to, to get his shots. And now it's like, okay, now I'm going to get my own now. And like not many players are going to rearrange their own game in order for the team to be successful so like there you have to take the the bad with the good with with Kyle there's a lot of like uh meat like the media stuff that that he goes through but that's just him right if you want him to be that tenacity that that bulldog on the court you have to take it also off the court you know what I mean and and I uh, like same thing with the more like you said him being a family man now and like you saw him being like that that grumpy grumpy like you know player in the beginning and now he's like I'm going to support everything when it comes to my teammates like you love that you love that kind of stuff and Kyle Lowry is definitely one of those players that if you don't have him on your team and he's on the off, if you're playing against him, you absolutely hate him. You you, (laughs) like you, he's on the short list of you, the person you just want to punch in the face. But the fact that he's on our team, man, I love it, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, like, people hate to say this and give Lowry credit, but like he is over the past, like pretty much since he's been a Raptor and more so the past, like five or six years, like he's been, if not a top five point guard in the league, like, at, mm-hmm. you know it, top six seven like, I feel like Bill Simmons just like ri- naming out random numbers here for this guy but like you know he's just like he's one of the best point guards in the league and like he's not the the flashiness of Kyrie Irving or like the right. the the LeBron kind of giving him credit like Chris Paul or whatever but he is he is as good as those guys or at least as effective like he's obviously not as skilled as a as a Kyrie Irving or or like a Trey Young or whatever in in the recent days but like. He is just as effective, if not more effective, and he he just knows how to win. He everywhere yep. he goes seems to to be a winning team. And like there's there's always those first like there's always those like three weeks or or two and a half weeks where Kyle Lowry is like a top five player in the league. You know what I mean? Where he's averaging yes. like thirty points a game, shooting like sixty two percent from three or something yeah. like that, averaging ten assists or something exactly, like that, something exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and there's those are always always the most fun parts of the season to watch when, when you see Kyle Lowry have a 35 point game, it's, it's the most fun to watch because he's doing everything. He's hitting mid range jumpers. He's mm-hmm. heading to the basket. He's hitting deep pull-up threes. He's making really nice passes, nice reads, but then he's also playing the really good defense that a lot of these high scoring guards don't play. And that just, right. whenever Kyle Lowry has a good game, it seems like the Raptors just have to win because it changes. Yeah. It changes yeah, everything. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's just players, what he does.
0: Players like Serge Baca, he, he's, he's like feasting down low because of Kyle Lowry. Players like Fred Van Vliet is, is making a name for himself, obviously because he's skilled, but he's having to learn under Kyle Lowry is incredible. And I think that even with Demar, like I think Damar is, is a great, great player, but without a point guard and allowing you to kind of flourish with you know, the, what you have, I, I think a lot of Demar's success kind of also definitely comes from Kyle Lowry too.
1: Man, I yeah, I I uh, I totally agree. Uh, so so those are our four guards that we chose. We we were the same with Demar Derozan. I was Kyle yeah. Lowry. You were Alvin Williams. So now let's basically move. the same. It's basically, basically the same. Alvin same. Williams, Kyle yeah. Lowry, the same. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So now let's move on to to our forward section. So uh, you know, okay. it could be a small forward, power forward, two power forwards, two small forwards, whatever you want. Um. So you can start us off here with, uh, sure thing. with your first.
0: So I'm probably we're probably gonna be the same in this one. And I think it might be uh, cheating a little bit because he can play guard. But Vince Carter, when he was here, he I think he played like small forward, I guess. So that's why I chose him. Seven seasons with the Raptors, played 403 games, franchise leader in franchise leader in points per game, which is 23.4. And I guess no matter what, if you're a fan of Vince Carter or you want nothing to do with Vince Carter because you think he quit on a team, you can't really dismiss the fact that he literally put Toronto on the NBA map. Like, do you really think if it wasn't for Vince Carter that the NBA would know about the Raptors back then, or if he would, if it would still be in Toronto? Okay, maybe it would still be in Toronto. I don't know. It's it's arguable, but you can't you can't help the fact that they get. To, he was the arguably the face of this generation of players coming out of Toronto let alone in Canada right like Vince Carter's prime and but his popularity came in that dunk contest in gold, I think it was California Golden State in 2000 dunk contest I, I think, think so yeah yeah. and it's still one of the most watched dunk contests on YouTube and what I remember the most as a fan of the Raptors is of course Vince Carter and the through the legs and the 360 elbow in the rim of course all of that but The jersey that he was wearing didn't say Raptors, it's the Toronto. And each time you watch a highlight, he's wearing a jersey, one of the best jerseys I might add for the Raptors with Toronto in the front. And I don't fault you for not believing Vince when he said he wanted to stop the trade prior to Grunwald trading him to New Jersey for like nothing. But all in all, I think his jersey should be in the Raptors. Not because of how he left, of course, but because what he did when he was a raptor. So my first forward has to be Vince Carter.
1: So I actually am going to differ from you here. Um, Okay, Okay. yeah, I don't have Vince Carter on my list. Um, That's not to say that I don't, you know, understand the impact that he had. Uh, Obviously, like he was, he was a a fun player to watch during the times. Um, I just, I just do think that the 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 last season. Um, mm-hmm. of, of him being here, basically saying he's not going to dunk anymore. And, you know, like he said, obviously like, oh yeah, I'm actually going to, I wanted to stop the trade, whatever. Like I, as much as he can say that, and, and as much as he, as good as he was here, um, you know, he, 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 the way he left to me does leave, uh, 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 you know, some sort of distaste in my mouth. I yeah. do, I do love Vince Carter. I'm not like, I'm not one of those people who, who thinks that he left and he should never have his jersey in the rafters. Cause I I think he should, I don't think it should be before, you know, Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan, but he should be the next man up. He should have his jersey in the rafters. I think he is one of the best Raptors of all time. He is probably, you know, the second most talented Raptor of all time. I would say Mm. for his time being here, Um, he was a scoring machine. He was like, he was probably the most fun Raptor to watch as a whole and I know all these things make it seem like I want him on my list, um, but he was like he was just on the he was just on the short list, just outside of my my forward mm-hmm. spot. Um,
0: but I think when it when it came to Carter, he was like the hot ticket when it came to I guess you know in, in American cities, like everyone wanted to watch him outside of you know the the city that they were they were they were playing for, and you know, like ESPN Sports Center, they were putting. Vince Carter highlights and that was back when to I guess you know Toronto was known for only for either the Leafs or the I guess the Jays and Vince Carter was one of the biggest reasons why Toronto became so popular in like jersey sales and like memorabilia and like and it was because of Vince Carter you know what I mean like I know that there is a whole bunch of, you know, what, what if Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady stayed, but it's just a completely different time. And um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't fault you for not having Vince Carter in your top five. Like that's everybody is is, subjected to their, to their, to their own thoughts. But I I just feel like you can't have a Raptors team without thinking about Vince Carter. Vince Carter is the one of the most electric players when he was playing during his prime. And,
1: yeah, yeah. So I I do agree with that. Like he he was electric. He was a big reason for Toronto being on the map. Um to me though, it it did feel like for the most part, especially when he was at like the peak of his powers, um it seemed like he was a a separate entity from the Raptors. Like there was Interesting. there was Vince Carter and then there was the Raptors because like you said like the media coverage was only about Vince Carter. There was, there was top 10 Vince Carter plays as a, you know, there was top 10 Vince Carter plays when he was a Raptor, but it was never, you know, top 10 Vince Carter plays as a Raptor. It was just top 10 Vince Carter plays top 10 That's Vince fair. Carter dunks in yeah. the year. And okay. it, it was never like, like you said, that it did have the Toronto on the, on the front. But if, you know, if, if it weren't for that, you probably wouldn't have known that he had, he would have played for the Raptors just because it was, it was so much just about Vince Carter which is probably you know a good case for him to be on a list like this but at the same time it, it to me it just seems like a, a divided uh entity between him and the raptors like it's Vince yeah. Carter on one side maybe, and, and then there's the raptors yeah.
0: i think maybe it, when it comes to Vince Carter it was more of like the showcase of the player and when it comes to like the games and stuff I, yeah i remember I, it kind of sucks to think about, I remember more about the negative side of it, like the fact that he got injured so many times and, and he wasn't, yeah, like the whole I don't want to dunk anymore and he, and he wanted to get traded and all that stuff. And not only that, but when he got traded, he killed us every time. Exactly. Every time when he got a chance. So I, I get that. I get that. But I, I'm not going to dismiss the fact that he was the reason one of the biggest reasons why Toronto was so popular back then, too.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I also think, like, like you said, he, he always killed the Raptors when he came came back to Toronto or played us again. Like, I think it would have been a different story if, like, after he left the Raptors, his like best years were kind of behind him, which they were mm. to an extent. But he was also like, he was still really good on the Nets with you know Jason oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So like, it's kind of, it's tough to like it's, he still had obviously a very long career afterwards where he, he has had a lot of success and whatnot. So yeah. I like, you know, maybe if he was, you know, garbage after, after getting traded, I, I wouldn't feel the same way, but since he <laughs> yeah, was still he's like, the epitome
0: of like watching your ex like glow up. So <laughs>
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. Um, so I'll move on to, to my first forward here and, right. and mine is like, I, I don't know how I feel about this one, uh, but it's Terrence Ross.
0: Terrence Um, Ross wow yeah is it just because of the Kenneth Fareed dunk man
1: (laughs) so I did actually write (laughs) that down I did write that down um wow because that that is one of my you know favorite dunks ever that's like that
0: was that was nasty yeah that's the most nastiest dunk I've ever seen
1: every time I watch it I still think that like he's not gonna dunk it somehow like that the first time I watched it or the last time I watched it like the video was edited so that he still actually dunked it and I feel like he's just gonna get blocked or something, or like hit it <laughs> off the rim or whatever, get fouled. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, it's also- like
0: when someone someone edited DeMar DeRozan three sixty. Yeah, exactly. Against China, and <laughs> exactly. he actually made it. Yeah, I saw. That. Exactly. <laughs> oh, um,
1: but like, you know, he was also like the, the first Raptor that I ever saw get a, a fifty piece. Right. Like I, I knew, yes. I knew, I knew, I knew Vince Carter did it. But like I said, like I'm yes. I'm a youngin', so like I didn't really get to watch that. I just saw the highlights of Vince Carter getting fifty. And like, it was honestly so fun to watch someone that you like were rooting for score 50 and like not have it come up on, on Center or like Sportsnet Central or whatever, but like to actually be watching mm-hmm. the game. Um, and like, to me, him getting hot, like as a Raptor was one of the most entertaining things to watch as a Raptors fan for like five or six years on, you know, as, as a fan and like, yeah. you, he would get this irrational confidence where he would just like jack up threes and he would make horrible decisions on the offensive end and like wouldn't really try on defense and it would be so frustrating. But at the same time, like he would go like five of eight from three and a quarter and you just be like, Oh my God, this guy's the best player in the NBA right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I was at that game. I think it was versus the Clippers when he dropped a 51 piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was nasty. And I know that we, we lost that game, but like, when you when you when they gave it to Ross and he was just feeling it and he like jacked up like three or four from way downtown and he got it like that was a very electric uh, game to watch and I've always respected Terrence Ross I think he was um, he was on that that cusp all the time he was almost like the uh, in the same level of Norman Powell for me like he was it was always like just I need you to get to that next level that next level and then you'll be there right but I don't know Terrence Ross just never surmounted to to being that player, like he was, he would be hot at at some points and and you feel like unstoppable, especially with his three pointers going down. And then, like even that Vince Carter tribute dunk contest too, that was pretty cool. Like yeah. I've respected, I've always respected Terrence Ross. I just don't think that he would, like he's he's in the the Mo Pete Anthony Parker kind of kind of tier. For me.
1: All right, I feel that. I can feel, yeah. I can I can feel that. Um, okay, so if if I were to ask you, like in the five seasons that Terrence Ross played for the raptors i don't want you to look it up how many like what do you think his like average points per game
0: was uh i want to say in the teens maybe like 14
1: okay so like that's where i was as well because i always thought t ross averaged you know a decent amount of points it's only 9.5 interesting it's nine and a half points he never averaged more than like 11 points a game with the raptors
0: wow I well, was see that, but that's the thing. Like he would always get hot with like he put he dropped the fifty one peas and sometimes exactly. he would get twenty three and twenty four or something. But then he would kind of cool off and then for like like five games for like seven points. And then I distinctly distinctively remember Leo saying, "Terrence rush just needs to get hot. He just needs to get <laughs> going." You know, like yeah, and yeah, that's. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it was Terrence Ross be consistent with fourteen points per per night. You know, yeah. Like be better than I don't know. Joey Graham or something. <laughs> I just, you know, but yeah, for I, I like Terrence Ross. He's he's not he's not up there for me, but I, I'm glad that someone is pointing him out though.
1: Yeah, and like uh, like I said, you know, it, it always felt like Terrence Ross was like doing more than than what he was actually doing. Like I always I always felt like he was shooting like 45 percent from three, but he wasn't. I always thought he was averaging mm-hmm. like 15, 16 points a game, but he mm-hmm. wasn't. Like I just yeah. kind of felt that way about him. I had the I had the like irrational confidence towards him that he also had like towards himself yeah which just like obviously wasn't the case
0: (laughs) i I hear you i hear you i mean he's doing okay in orlando right now too like yeah he's not the focal point but i mean he he does like put up i don't know i i'm not researching his numbers but i think he's playing pretty well there
1: yeah yeah he's like and i think it was more like the entertainment entertainment value that, that he brought to a team and like you know they were still kind of in their winning games and whatnot and like you know, just having him out there and like possibly throwing down 30 and like a nasty dunk was always yeah. just like fun to watch. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll always watch that kind of three nasty. Like 100%. it's either that like Demar's dunk over Mozgov and Terrence over Kenneth three. Those are like one, one, a one B for
1: me. Yeah, I agree, man. All right. You want to, you want to give us your second forward here?
0: Sure thing. Uh, second forward for me is, and I think it might be controversial too. And I don't know why a lot of, People don't have him on more lists, but I want to say Chris Bosh, and for me, he's the seven seasons with Toronto, five hundred nine games, franchise leader for offensive, defensive, and total rebounds, four thousand seven hundred seventy six. Also with blocks at six hundred, um, for Bosh. His era is where I kind of grew up watching and and mostly loving the Raptors. Um, It was obviously wasn't the most successful era, but that was when the Raptors finally made it back into the playoffs. One of which they had to play the friggin' New Jersey Nets and Vince Carter, of course. And you remember, (laughs) I don't know if you remember that season, but like, do you remember when? Uh, the Raptors PR decided to like put red red uh give out free red T-shirts in the stands. Yeah. but the Raptors were wearing white, and then the yeah. Jer- the New Jersey Nets were wearing red. It looked really weird. I was like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> but for for me, like this this is what I I've said this a lot before um in previous pods. But like I always remember being this is in high school when the I guess which year was it? I think it was like 2006. Anyways, um. So in high school, I remember being in the library and I saw, uh, I guess what like you know one of one of the Toronto Stars or or Canada Post or something like that, and this was when the Raptors were going back in the playoffs um, versus the Vince Carter. And the thing is, you would think now it would be like the, the Raptors go, going back to the playoffs that would be the first page, right? But in the first page of the freaking newspaper, when the Raptors were going back to the playoffs, was a huge section of uh, the goal Leafs goalie at the time. I think it was Andrew Raycroft, <laughs> and the line was why something about like why Raycroft wasn't successful this year or something like that. And on the top right corner on like page number nine or something, the Raptors are heading back to the playoffs and that pissed me off so much because the Raptors are going back to the playoffs. And the first thing you're going to show is Andrew Raycroft. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. So I, that, that, I, I can't believe the, the underdog feeling that was the Chris Bosch era was that underdog feeling, right? And that's what I I I loved about that era. I guess I was always that underdog, and I know we didn't we weren't successful, but you know it was because of a lot of terrible trades, uh, or a lot of terrible draft picks too. But Bosch kind of played through all of that, and he represented Toronto the best he could. Like he was a good Toronto was a good stepping stone for Bosch. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he before he became the best third option in Miami, um, but you know, as like a, a like. A, untraditional unorthodox lefty shooter who played forward and center because of his height like he definitely kind of did everything the best that he could with what he had and that's what chris bosh was for me like i watched him struggle (laughs) as a fan i struggled with him and that's that i have so you know i have a connection with that era and that's why i put chris bosh as my second forward
1: yeah. So I, I also had, I had Chris Bosch there as my second forward as nice. well. Um, and, and the biggest thing was this guy was just like, to me it was just like purely skill and talent for having him on there because like watching him play, he's not, he's not the biggest guy. He's not going to, I mean, I'm, you know, he's like six ten or something like that. So obviously he's yeah. one of the biggest guys, but he's not like, he's not this huge muscular dude. He's got kind of like, he's, he's a little bit like, bulkier than like Chris Boucher when he was with the Raptors, right? which like isn't, isn't a big guy, but the way that he was playing, you know, averaging like more than 20 points a game in the post and like not really shooting threes, even though he definitely could have shot threes and Mm -hmm. being like the anchor for, uh, you know, like you said, a struggling team, like not a very good basketball team. And like the only reason the Raptors made the playoffs while he was there was him you know what I mean like yeah, obviously obviously there were other players in the team who are who half decent but there's absolutely zero percent chance that that they do anything without Chris Bosh and and he and he performed well in the playoffs like obviously they didn't get past any anything beyond the first round while he was here but he was he was a really good player and he was yeah. one of the best players in the league and one of the best big men in the league while he was with us and then you know you can't blame him for for wanting to go play with <laughs> Dwayne Wade yeah. and LeBron right like
0: he's definitely like like Chris Bosh Toronto era is that high school kid trying to get by and then <laughs> when Chris Bosh Miami is that like he glowed up and he went to college and like got all the girls or guys absolutely that's what happened
1: I yeah, yeah. I that's a great yeah it's a great analogy um but I mean what- and
0: Chris Chris Bosch also like he played with what Andrea Bargnani as a second option, Jermaine, like a like an aging Jermaine O'Neal, uh, Hito Turkalou, Jermario Moon. Like what kind of players are you gonna do? And then he made it to the playoffs still. Like I don't, I do not blame Chris Bosch for wanting to play play with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely not. And this also like this guy was, I'm I'm looking at his basketball reference page right here. He, the only time he played less than 35 minutes as a Raptor was his rookie season. And that's just wow. like, that's just, you know, it goes to show like he is just you no, know, like so effective as a player. And, and he would, you know, put his, put his whole body out on the line for, for the Raptors, despite not having the biggest of bodies out there for, for his position. But yeah, man, he was, mm-hmm he was such a, a, a treat to watch for Raptors fans. And like if people, if you don't remember how good Chris Bosch is and you think like me and Jay here are, are kind of going a bit over the line and, and talking out of our asses here about Chris yeah. Bosch as a Raptor man, like go watch it. If you just remember Chris Bosch on the Miami heat as the third guy, as the guy who got the rebound and kicked it out to Ray Allen, <laughs> you uh you gotta, you gotta go watch some Chris Bosch highlights. Like it's, it's nothing flashy, but it, the guy was unbelievable the guy yeah. was unbelievable and i absolutely yeah, and i love him
0: the 4th pick of one of arguably the best uh draft pick of nba history like, he was a raptor you know like and he also like looked like a raptor <laughs> he looked yeah. like a dinosaur too <laughs> you know what I mean? and, so,
1: <laughs> and also like his his off the court personality was unbelievable you know what oh, i mean yeah. like his his oh, yeah. off the court personality was was so good and he was an all-star uh, you know in every year but his first two years I think it was with the Raptors
0: and yeah like, he
1: he was just the epitome of like uh, a fun player and an enjoyable player to to watch I think. do you
0: remember when he did like that texas uh i don't know ad for to get into the play or to get into the, the All-Star, all-star game, game.
1: yeah yeah on, yeah right yeah
0: man. what a weird i was like what do you do but that's what that's who he was man he was like a jokester and he was a rafter for it and like I, I loved it i loved uh everything that he did on and off the court
1: yeah and i just wish that at the time like i think he could have become like one of those like fan favorites not only in toronto but like across the league if, mm-hmm. if the team was just a little bit more successful, like maybe if they made the playoffs or like, even if like Instagram and Twitter were, you know, yeah. as popular or around back then where like he could have his videos out there and, and be, he would have, he would probably be the most entertaining guy on on an Instagram or something like that. I think if so he too. was, if he was at his, at his prime right now in Toronto.
0: And yeah. I, think- I, I definitely think so too. Like think about all the players that are coming up now. They're giant, they're seven foot, they're lengthy and they can shoot. That's Chris Bosh.
1: That's Chris Bosh, you know? man.
0: And, and, and they're on tick and they're making their TikToks and they're on Instagram. That's Chris Bosh. Like he was like, uh, he was born in the wrong era. For 100%, basketball. <laughs> yeah.
1: hundred percent. Like, I think literally like if he came into the NBA in, you know, 2015 instead of 2003, like this guy would be a this guy would be an MVP candidate 100%, every 100%. single year.
0: Don't tell single. me he you know don't tell me like the a DeAndre Ayton is better than Chris Bosh. Yeah, in, come in on, year, you know, come like on, let's let's on. be real. If if it was this you know last last five years, Chris Bosh would go number one overall.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I so I didn't have this guy on uh, on my forwards list because I obviously had Chris Bosh and and Terrence Ross, but I want to shout out Amir Johnson on this one. Yes. I think I think Amir deserves. Um, a lot of love, a lot of love from Raptors yeah. fans. Um, I think like the whole Raptors community and the whole Raptors fan base as a whole, like just just loves Amir Johnson. I have not met a single Raptors fan who has like ever shit talked Amir Johnson. Mm-hmm. I just, that um, I don't know.
0: that whole Young Guns, the Amir Demar and Sonny Weems, that Absolutely. was one of my favorite eras, and and he was like the big brother of it all. You know, hundred percent yeah I love the mirror,
1: yeah, and like he he was in the in that Barnani era, like he was kind of the only thing that kept Raptors fans like interested and engaged for a little bit, like That's so, true. Not, That's like, so
0: sad <laughs> Like
1: he, he wasn't necessarily like the most talented or the best guy, but like he would he would bring home like at least two offensive like fun offensive rebounds a game, yeah, he'd jump into the crowd, whatever, um. And and there's that one moment I think it was the I think it was 2014 when when the Raptors played the Nets in the first round um, when he he twisted his ankle like early in the game or something like that and then hmm. and then came oh back.
0: yeah yeah and they came back yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah and he put up like 20 and 10 or something like that yeah. in in the game and and that was that was always he reminds always me a
0: lot of. Uh, like if they put any Raptor equivalent now, he's like the hustle man chap. He's, he's Rondé Hollis. 100%.
1: 100%. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Neither of them can shoot, but they both hustle.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree. And like he, he had a whole, like he had a whole relationship with the, with the Raptors fandom that like you would, you would expect from maybe like a, a star player or like close to a star player. But right. you know, Amir Johnson obviously wasn't ever that, but he did have that connection with fans. So
0: I, I didn't. Yeah, have want you to seen it his a new tattoo on his head? No, <laughs> he has a enormous. I think he was on IG Live with uh, I. I think it was Demar actually. Yeah, Demar and Rudy Gay called. Uh, Uh, and then they're like yo let me see your new tattoo and then so he he didn't show it because he had hair but then demar showed like pictures of it and it's it's literally all around his dome like the entire head is covered in tattoos now it's crazy oh my god what a, what a weird man speaking but yeah of, shout out amir
1: yeah speaking of his head did he was the one who got like the the raptor claw shaved into his head yeah Mike, yeah yeah, right? yeah that was
0: in the playoff run yeah 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 he like sprayed it red and everything <laughs> yeah
1: exactly yeah so <laughs> you gotta world? you gotta love a guy who'll do that man
0: yeah yeah 100% love a guy yeah. Who'll
1: do that um all right yo so we'll we'll move on to our our last group here and, and that's going to be the center position.
0: Okay. Uh, I want to know if we're in the same page because I feel like he, you, I, I don't know. I, thinking about the list that you gave me, I feel like he would be on the list. So I'm going to go with JV. Do you have the same?
1: I, so I like, I wanted to have JV so bad because yeah. like JV is, is probably my favorite Raptors center. Um, But I, I did go with someone else. We'll talk JV okay. now okay. and then we'll, Soon and then we'll good. go. In. Yeah
0: so JB seven seasons with Toronto played 470 games franchise leader in defensive rebound and total rebound percentage uh, when JB was drafted in 2011 he uh, was allowed to stay one year in Lithuania before joining the team in 2012 and from the jump he was the lovable big man that literally you we watched him become this 19 year old skinny kid that turn into a seven foot giant. And like, even as a big guy, you kind of always rooted for him because he was so lovable. Right. He like, he was so good with the fans and the media. He was so funny. Like, and he, you know, he made mistakes like all human beings. And what I enjoyed most about JV was, um, he was willing to change his game for the betterment of the team. And I thought his progression from like the kid who can just like tip the ball in uh, here and there to someone who could, he you know, he legitimately had a shot from the three. It was really, really fun to watch. And I don't, you know, let me, let me put this straight. I don't think the Raptors could have won last year's 2019 championship with JV instead of Marcus Sol, But... I do believe JV could have developed into a player like Marcus like his progression into a passing big man was happening because you know his dribbling wasn't there yet, but he was shooting from from a little bit further. Um, and the one thing that he didn't have was was passing. So I think outside of maybe like Antonio Davis, I think JV is our best center we've ever had.
1: Yeah, um, I I I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. Um the the one thing that I will say and the reason I left him off my list is because there were countless times where I just became so violently upset. Not upset <laughs> with J V, but like so like violently like angry at like something JV did. And like for whatever reason, I always like, you know, he was kind of just like the third wheel to the to like the Kyle Lowry and Damar. Yeah. And, and yeah. I was always just like, man, like it's like we mentioned, Chris Bosh. Like it's kind of like how Chris Bosch got treated in in Miami. Like he was kind of the scapegoat. Like yeah, that's me. how. That's kind of how I treated JV in his time H- here. Him
0: and him and Dwayne were kind of the same boat. Yeah, like, what, if everyone was wrong, it was either JV or Dwayne. Exactly. He <laughs> was one of the two.
1: Exactly. And so I was like, man, like JV did this. That's the reason we lost his game. And it <laughs> obviously wasn't. But um, you know, I I I love JV and another reason I left him off was cause like, I think um, one of my favorite, like personal moments with JV, like his like connection to to the Raptors fans and whatnot happened when, when he wasn't a Raptor um, you know, like last year's playoff run, he mm-hmm. came in and, and watched the team. Yeah. I think it was, it was either the first or second round um, but he was sitting courtside and, and he was there to, to kind of like root on his, his boys and root on yep. his friends and stuff like that. So like that, That was amazing for me, but like it being my favorite moment with JV and it not being with him, like technically as a Toronto Raptor, Mm. that's where I kind of, like, I kind of drew the line there. Um, yeah, no, that's
0: fair. That's fair. I don't like it's kind of slim pickings when it comes to the centers. I'm like, I'm thinking back. We got Amir was a center. Antonio Davis obviously was a center, but he wasn't replayed really very long. Rasha uh, uh the center. Andre Bagnani sometimes was a center. Like there's not really much of a, you know you know slim pickings there so i i that that in that case i kind of that's why i chose jv i know i know like you know you can make an argument with marcus all and of course he's i think marcus all is a better player than jv even even at this time not even in his prime but i feel like you know when it comes to the most enjoyable player i love as it comes to a center position for the raptors it has to be jv for me
1: yeah i so like i i love that pick and like jv was a like the closest thing to a number two like he would have been one b for me for sure nice um okay. like you said like you know you did mention like the slim pickings Um, like I also had like Bismack kind of as my short list. Like these are all like, yeah, these are all like big drop-offs from, from JB, but like Bismack, um, just like that one playoff run was so fun. Like I, I don't think I've ever been more excited for a rebound than a Bismack Biombo rebound. (laughs) <laughs> um, <so laughs> yeah. like that's kind of yeah. why i loved him obviously like you mentioned marcus all i'll say sir Ibaka in there as well like he is, yeah. he is especially now like he has just turned into this just like such media savvy guy and and he's becoming so connected with raptors fans and him saying this weekend or this past week i forget what day it is um he he said like he wants to stay in toronto when his contract's over and and yeah. all this stuff and, and he's kind of taking on that role as as loving the city as much as he does so he's in there i i really loved Jakob Pertle while he was here um for a little bit being a part of the bench mob and and yeah, really yeah you know, he was he was entertaining to watch if nothing else um and then like for some reason i like just out of the top of my head. Um, I like wrote down like when I was writing down who I was thinking of for this. I wrote down Chuck Hayes, which Chuck is, Hayes, <laughs> Chuck which, Hayes. which is wow. just like absolutely ridiculous um, <laughs> because he's, I, mean, like,
0: I have this one memory of Chuck Hayes, and he I, when he when he we got traded to us, and I think he was injured at that point, right? He didn't yeah. he didn't play when he got. I remember like. I don't know, I don't know, or TSN or something. They were interviewing Chuck Hayes, and then because he was like some walking boot, he was just like during the Raptors practice, he was just like, you know, throwing a ball on a hoop in, in like street clothes. And it was just so funny because, like, <laughs> Ch- like, what are you Chuck, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, I think oh, that was I think that was like part of the reason I loved him so much was like his like inadvertent, like actual funniness. Like there was yeah, so yeah. much like there was so much about him that you could just kind of like laugh at whether it was him being like, it felt like he was like six foot four playing center or, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. And yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. And like, he would just take the most aggressive charges or like he would look at taking the most aggressive charges. And he mm-hmm. would, like, I, I don't even know if he averaged more than two points as a Raptor. Like I, I don't, I don't maybe two
0: rebounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. about it. Yeah. yeah. So
1: like I, I had those guys as it, um And like this one is going to be, this one is going to be a controversial pick here. Um, Okay, let's hear. I'm going with Andrea Bargnani.
0: Oh, okay. I want to, I want to put some uh, air horns. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So like to, to me, Andrea Bargnani was a more hyped up version of like Bruno Coboclo. And like, I love Bruno Caboclo because okay you, like, cause every year, like you felt like, all right, here's going to be the next stepping stone for Andrea Bargnani. All right. Now ne- next year is going to be yeah. the next stepping stone for Andre in that sense. And so I, I always thought like Andrea Bargnani was kind of going to be like, our saving grace because I saw LeBron was like a first overall pick and I was like, all right, like Andre is <laughs> gonna be LeBron James.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know what? He's just like taking longer to develop. He's still gonna he's still gonna have a really good career and he's still gonna like be a really big part of of the Raptors. Um, but he was like he was also like kind of fun off the court and and you'd like he was a a kind of in the same vein as Terrence Ross. Like when he got hot, he was actually like very entertaining to watch he was never the most like athletic guys we wouldn't have like really nice dunks or anything but he could bang like five or six threes and and in the time that he was playing in right like oh six oh seven kind of thing like those were that's a lot of three-pointers made like it's not like today Right. And I, I, I yeah,
0: I, I give that to you. I'd feel like if Andrea Barnani did play today when it was more of like a catch and shoot three or something like that, and the seven footer European three point shooter, like you would like think of Andrea Barnani on Dallas right now with 100% KP, you know, Luca and Andrea. I could see that. I could see that being a really lethal combination.
1: Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't know. And I just felt so weird like coming to the conclusion of Andrea Barnani. As one of my favorite Raptors players <laughs> of all time, like I don't know if I'd have him in my top five, like favorite Raptors. Yeah. Like to date, I think I'd have a lot of these, like a lot of the players that I mentioned on my short list, probably above him. But since it, like, like you said, like the center position for the Raptors is is not exactly the the best, like not the cream of the crop. I wouldn't remember, say. guys. And, uh, yeah. But uh, it's it's at.
0: H underscore circle. <laughs> if you want to tag him, it's not me, man. Andrea Bagnani. Just make sure you tag him on that. Um,
1: yeah, man. And like I just thought after like there was one season, I think it was his you know, 25-year-old season, he averaged like 21 and a half points a game almost. That I saw that and 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 you know, he was shooting really well from from three and and from the field. I was like, this guy is gonna be this guy's really going to be that next thing. And then he never, ever, ever, ever turned into it. And I, like, to me, the thing, like I, I said with JV, like being so violently angry at him about it, to me, I was always like, I can't be that angry at Andrea Bargnani because look who he's playing with. You know what I mean? Like, look what look what he's playing with. This guy's, okay. a, this guy's a great player. <laughs> look who he's playing with. Um, <laughs> which obviously was probably the not, not the right way to think, but
0: it was the potential that killed us that like, and that's what it first was overall pick. And I don't think that was a very big or very good uh, draft class. I think like uh, who, who was, I don't I, you know. I don't even remember who it was. I, who um, was drafted in that draft class, but like Andrea was, every, I remember when I even went to the, one of the games when Andrea was still on the team and, and people were like, "Yo, will get this guy out of here. And then, Dwayne Casey had to call a timeout in order to get him into the game. Because if he was w- walking into the scores table coming into the game, people would boo him. People, like at home, people would boo him at home uh, if he was going to come into the game. Like I felt really, really bad for him. And I don't think he should. He deserves a lot of the crap that he got. But it's not like he really helped the situation either. Like he, he didn't really. Um, say anything about like wanting to stay here or I love the city or something like that like he he and he, and he didn't really back up with his play except for a couple of games where he like went hot and got a couple of rebounds but like I don't know man it's it's hard to put Andrea Barnati up there but again it's it's everyone up to it's, it's all up to you man I'm not going to discredit your your list
1: yeah and like I I also think that one one of the reasons I did enjoy him so much like every friend group has someone that you kind of just shit on you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think oh, I've enjoyed man. like I don't know if I've genuinely enjoyed like shitting on a player more than Andrea Barniani.
0: <laughs>
1: I think that's fair I think that's, that's fair. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, no okay. He's that scapegoat. Exactly. Of his top yeah. For so it's got, like you got like Tim and Sid talking or singing. I believe in the side because of trading Baryonyan. Yeah, hundred <laughs> like, percent. worse than
1: that. Yeah. So. Wow. so that's kind of that's how I rounded mine out. Um. I I know that's probably I love it. Not a not a great pick. I feel like people won't enjoy that one much um who cares it's yours exactly exactly uh, so let's let's go over ours you want to give me your all favorite raptors team of all time sure thing
0: uh i got for my first guard i got alvin williams second guard i got debo first forward uh i got vc second forward i got chris bosh the og dinosaur and <laughs> center position i got jonas faranguano's
1: Yes, yeah, so that's I, yeah. I think you probably win in a game uh, if, if going up against each other here. Uh, but I so for my guards, um, I got Kyle Lowry, I got Debo. For my forwards, I got Terrence Ross and Amir, not Amir Johnson. Sorry, um, uh, Chris Bosh as well. And then for my center position. I've got Andrea Bargnani or or what's his nickname Ilmago. I think that's Il what Ma- it <laughs> Pret- Primo yeah, Pasta. Yeah, Primo Pasta. Um, yeah, so yeah. so those are our lists. Uh, once again, Jay, I, I do want to say thank you so much for coming on, especially in these in these really weird times, really awkward yeah, times. Um, as always, like will I'll do it one more time. Where where can people find you and and your podcast?
0: Sure thing. Again, if uh, I, I picked Andrea Bagnani, so make sure you tag me at H underscore <laughs> 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 no, Um, You can find all of us at uh, That's Rap Pod on Twitter. We got an Instagram account, so check us out there at That's Rap Podcast. And if you're looking for a podcast on the podcatchers like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Play, just search up Raptors HQ because that's where we, that's our home base and that's where we put all of our stuff. So yeah, you can find us out there. Yes, sir. So please,
1: please give them a follow um, it. They have great content. They, you know, subscribe to their show. It's, it is always good stuff. Um, they always have, have good topics, good discussion. Um, and and as always, I'd like you guys to, to subscribe, rate and review. If you like this episode, if you like any of my other episodes, um, you know, subscribe, rate, review, leave me a message on Twitter, send me a DM, whatever it is at me. If you didn't like any of my picks at Jason, if you didn't like any of his picks, <laughs> Please don't make me the only one <laughs> Getting shit on um, But yeah guys thank you so much for, for listening once again uh, As I do um, At the end of every single podcast I like to say a little go Raptors Everybody in your crew
0: Identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or Mc Sandwich But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce
1: That melty cheese, that pillowy bun Yeah you get it Every
0: time